This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Ladies and gents, and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host, Chris Simpson, and as you will no doubt be aware from listening to my accent, I'm not actually a Geordie, but I am a lifelong Newcastle fan. My dad is from Whitley Bay, which, if you're from the North East, I'm sure you'll probably be aware of, and have inherited, uh, for better or worse, his support of Newcastle and I've been suffering ever since. Joining me today is Cara Thistlethwaite. How are you today, Cara? I'm all good, thank you. Um, Unlike you, I don't have a curse placed upon my family to support Newcastle. I'm from Leicester. Uh, My family's from Leicester, so I fortunately do support a team that is exciting, and I support Leicester City. So today I'm here to try and add a bit of balance to all the Newcastle love that is being shown on this podcast. I cannot say just how jealous I am of the fact (laughs) that you have watched your team lift the Premier League title and we... I don't even know where you were in that season, I'm not going to lie, because I didn't care, because I was focused on that number one spot. (laughs) Yeah, we we got relegated. Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah, my bad. I remember that one. Yeah, no, I do remember now. 30 seconds when we went one up against you. I do remember that. Sorry, guys. Sorry about that. However, we did win that when we were actually living in Manchester at the time. So when we keep be- beating Man United and Man City, absolute bliss at work. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, so that was, <laughs> that was a fun season in this household with Leicester winning every week and Newcastle losing every week and very contrasting fortunes at the end of that season. I told you I'm balancing out the depression. Well, we aren't <laughs> going to be too depressed today because we are actually starting out with a new, a rare Newcastle United win uh, on this podcast, uh, following their three-two win over Southampton on Saturday, and it was a spicy one. I mean, us. yeah, what a first half! What a first half! I mean, I was all for it, and then I don't know what happened in the second half. To be honest with you, but the first half, mwah, loved it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was the first time since 2015 that Newcastle actually scored three goals in the first half of a Premier League game. And I have to say, I'd forgotten what that felt like. <laughs> uh, but in true Newcastle style, we still made it difficult for ourselves. Right, so Newcastle have actually won now twice in their last three games out of a run of 11 without a win. And I'll, I'm not actually sure how many of those were draws, but the fact that you've managed to score some goals is a bonus because normally even if you lose it's by something nil so you do have that positive to draw on hopefully that's something you can progress with because it wasn't just Callum Wilson your one and only individually seems the only person capable of scoring but you did have uh, Willock and actually Almiron scoring which is a bonus yeah, it was actually it was a great debut actually from Joe Willock. Um, the only signing we actually brought in 
uh, in January. I, obviously, I just on loan from Arsenal. Um, but he opened the scoring after 16 minutes with that calm finish from Alan Sam Maximan's uh, cutback. And yeah, I thought it was a really good performance from him. Uh, you know, we, I thought he, he looked really bright. He brought a lot of energy into the midfield. And certainly in the first half, when we actually had 11 men, uh, you know, he, he was eager to get forward. Uh, and I think he could be, you know, sort of another source of goals from midfield, which I think Newcastle desperately need. It's nice to see um, Sam Maximum back in the squad as well. Um, you can definitely tell what a difference he has going forward and from the brief debut of work as well. That's something else that he brings to the team. Hopefully, uh, Wilson's injury isn't too bad because I know we'll come on to that in more depth, but hopefully even not having him in the squad means that you've got that pressure going forward against other teams now with Willock and Sam Maximam. It's something that hopefully you can use and build on. Yeah, I mean, as I say, we, uh, we'll get on to, to Wilson going off in the first half, but, you know, he scored 10 of Newcastle's 25 league goals this season and assisted another five. So we really hope he's not out for very long because that would be a massive blow to Newcastle's uh, survival hopes. Yeah, especially now, what, 10 points, 16th? 16th in the table, 10 points ahead of Fulham. Yeah, uh, Fulham do have that game in hand, uh, but it is away at Burnley, which could be tricky for them. Uh, so hopefully, from a Newcastle point of view, Burnley get that win and we can keep that 10-point cushion. But yeah, so two assists for Alan Sam Maximan on his first start since November. And two goals for Miggy Almiron as well. Great performance from him. Yeah, no, it was good. Good to see him uh, back into that for position. I feel like it's been a very long time since he's even been able to get anything on target. The fact that he's managed to do that in what was a very, very wet game as well, with the pressure on for you to pull something out of the bag this time. Against Southampton, who had everything to prove. Yeah, he showed them. Good, clear-headed, level-headedness there um, in, in his goal. Great positioning as well. Same with Willock's goal as well. Absolutely perfect pass again by Sam Maximam. A perfect setup and a very calm finish. Straight along the floor. Excellent conditions for it and the keeper had no chance. Yeah, and that second goal, first goal, of course, was the def- one that deflected in off Bednarek. Poor Bednarek, he's had a tough week. <laughs> no one has him in his fantasy team because otherwise you have lost. I was very grateful that he was on my bench <laughs> when he got minus seven points in the week in, during the 9 0. Better than the minus 27 it was before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Almiron as well, robbing Ryan Bertrand for that second for that second goal. Um, you know, restoring that two two goal cushion after uh, Takumi Minamino on his Southampton debut had scored actually with to be fair a cracking finish. Yeah, it was a, it was a great goal. I de- I definitely thought you'd pushed him wide enough that Darlow would have had a much better chance at getting it. But with that shot, yeah, there's not really much else he could have done. Perfectly placed right next to the post. I thought he, his first touch. I actually think he did get a bit lucky with it but it took him right past Hayden. And to be fair, he recovered his footing superbly and then did smash that great finish past Darlow. But yeah, Almiron getting that third goal just on the stroke of half-time really set up Newcastle well for the for the second half. Despite... You, thought, you thought it set them up well for the second half. Well, yes, I mean... <laughs> Unfortunately, we all get off to talk about that. <laughs> yes, you know, perfect timing from, from Almiron with that goal. And then, of course, it all unravelled very quickly after the break uh, with James Ward-Prowse's, you know, again, to be fair, superb free kick. Yeah, that was, it was beautiful. 
there's not really much else you can say about that. No, I mean, you know, when he gets in, when you give away a free kick uh, in that sort of position, when they've got, you know, a, a set piece specialist of that quality, you know, it, it's always going to be a risk. And then, you know, just a, a minute or two after that, of course, Jeff Hendrick stupidly got himself sent off. Yeah, I, I mean, the set piece, unfortunate, you know, it was a dangerous area to give it away on. But I suppose, you know, when, when you've, when you make those tackles, that's just the thing that happens, really. And it was a superb goal. Not really much that Darlow could have done yet again, uh, and the defence could have done. I wish we could score from set pieces at the moment. But yeah, second yellow, and it wasn't that long after his first card. I just... And, you know, when when you're on that booking, and then, you know, just for something silly like grabbing Minamino's shirt, just, just careless, really. Um, and it meant that then we, you know, especially after... You know, losing Wilson and uh, having Mankio to injury in the first half, you know, and then that really settles on the back foot then for for the, well the entire second half more or less, and of course then that got even worse when Fabian Share of course suffered that uh, that awful knee ligament injury, leaving us to actually play the last sort of 15 or 20 minutes with nine men. Yeah, um, I mean, is there any any talk on when the Cells is going to be able to come back? Because I know he played briefly a couple of games ago, I think. But unsure on his return date as well. And he's quite dangerous in the back at the moment. Yeah, so it seems that he might be back soon. Um, of course, had that long time out with COVID, only just came back and then back injured again um, the other week. But hopefully he might be able to make Chelsea next week. Um, and hopefully Kieran Clark, who of course was missing because his partner's expecting uh, their child, hopefully he'll be back as well because we're going to need them both with Fabian Share out. And of course, he's confirmed on social media he's going to be out for a few months now. To be honest, I think most likely he's probably out for the season. And of course, he's also out of contract in the summer. So if we don't give him a new one, that could actually have been his last game for the club. Yeah, yeah, not good. Your defence is, I suppose it's lacking depth at the moment. You don't have your speedy wingers at the moment. I mean, Mankillo being injured, Yedlin um, at Galatasaray now. And you're relying on Kraft to stay fit. I mean, I don't, don't get me wrong. It's not like Yedlin can score or anything like that, but he gave you real pace going up down the wings and that could really challenge defences. Yeah, no, Yedlin, you know, um, not always the best defender, but he was so quick, so he had that great recovery pace and, of course, those overlapping runs going forward. And now, yeah, with Mankio injured, seems also quite a bad one for him. Um, yeah, I think, but ultimately, I think we do need to praise, you know, what was uh, a really good performance full of grit full of determination you know to hang on with 10 men and then with nine men for so long I thought you know it was a brilliant result actually and a much needed three points it's just a shame I just think the second half was a right shame I say the first goal not really much you could do about it but then I just felt that that pressure fell upon you a little bit and in that moment where you were wavering, that's where they got uh, real close. And I think then, yeah, you yeah, know, I agree though. The grit and determination at the end. I just think that 
wavering part. I think Southampton were unlucky. They didn't take the chances that they had. But they also gave away a lot of chances to you. So for them to come back from that massive defeat, I think they played really well. And they had some great runners down the wing that were proper challenging your defenders. But yeah, the amount of set pieces they had, something like nine corners, um, they defended them really well. Especially considering that, as you say, you were down to nine men near the end. So yeah, that that form of resilience I think you're going to need in the in the upcoming days and upcoming matches. Sorry, especially with the injuries that you have at the moment. So especially with Callum Wilson scoring ten of your goals this season. Hopefully, with the injection of the new blood with Willock and obviously Sam Maxman being out there and Almiron now being on form, hopefully that counteracts it. Yeah, we're going to need every bit of grit and determination that we can muster up against Chelsea next week. Uh, we'll move on to a preview of that match uh, just a little bit later on. Um, but you know Newcastle, we have been playing much better in recent weeks. After that, you know that long winter spell of eleven games without a win, not that many great performances to uh, to take any encouragement from. And you know we definitely have picked up in in the last uh, week or two. Obviously, the great win at Everton, and despite losing from that winning position against Crystal Palace, I actually thought. Newcastle played quite well in that game as well. You've been exciting to watch. You've been exciting to watch this last couple of matches, which I'm not going to lie, was not something I thought I'd be saying on this podcast. But no, you have been, and it's been enjoyable. Probably not so much for you. I, I think it's more of like a thriller film for you guys, especially with the last 20 minutes or so to go and being it that close. But, you know, as an outsider, yeah, no, I've been enjoying watching you. Yeah, I mean, it would have been a great game for the neutrals on Saturday. And as uh, as a Newcastle fan, I have to say, I preferred how straightforward the Everton win was compared to this one. But again, I'll take the three points. All right, uh, we're going to cover some, uh, just the news that's happened with Newcastle this week. Not too much really to cover, but Joe was fined £200 uh, for breaching COVID regulations after, of course, he rather unwisely decided to take a photo of himself uh, whilst he was getting a haircut. And then posting it, as if no one looks at Facebook or wherever it was he posted it. I found it sound really old now, I've said Facebook, because I know that's not the thing. It's like a 90s thing. Wherever the hell he posted it, come on. Come on. I mean, you've you've got to wonder what was going through his head when he thought, I'm going to put this on social media, you know, when we're all supposed to still be in lockdown. But he still played. He still played. I mean, I know he's one of your best players, but you had you had other strikers to come on for Wilson. Yeah, I personally, uh, I mean, Newcastle have said that they're, they're also going to deal with it internally, but of course, Jointon did come on for Wilson uh, on Saturday when, of course, Steve Bruce, you know, he could have gone with Andy Carroll, could have gone with Dwight Gale, uh, but he did bring Jointon on. And now, personally, I think players you know who've been found to have breached covid rules i actually think they should be given harsher punishments including possibly suspensions uh you know players you know they're, they're fortunate to be playing at all really given the current circumstances and you know it's these sort of silly breaches that you know could potentially lead to the game being stopped again and i think also what annoys me is that players are going to get paid regardless of what happens and they're going to be paid well you know, whether football stops again or not. The only thing that really affects them is that they're probably going to be a bit bored, stuck at home for a while. But, you know, a lot of people, you know, their livelihoods depend on football. You know, they can't really afford for it to stop again. 
and also they need fans back in stadiums you know if you work part of the sort of match day experience you know you, you're selling the beer and the concessions things like that you know they need that's not that's not going to come back until the fans do and people rely on that income and I think it, it just annoys me that not all the players take it as seriously as, as I think they should so personally yeah I think really if the FA aren't going to hand out suspensions uh, or the Premier League aren't going to hand out suspensions for things like that then really I think the clubs should say like okay Jolinton you're not going to play the next two matches or something like that I mean let's put it in perspective Eric Lamella one of many in Tottenham's um, team who were over the Christmas period took a picture of a group of them and 15 other adults celebrating Christmas and they was left out of the squad arguably you can I suppose justify getting together for Christmas I'm sure a lot of us were very disappointed we couldn't get to Christmas but still he broke down he broke he broke rules and he got suspended and Jolington has had a haircut which is 100% not necessary and he's been fined 200 pounds and still played there's a bit of a bit of a difference there yeah I I do think that harsher punishments are the way to go but I suspect unless it's maybe a major major breach I don't think we're going to see that unfortunately personally I want everyone to have like hair buns so they can all look like Gareth Bale just think that would be quite amusing just Premier League players just letting the hair run wild yeah the mullet needs to come back (laughs) if only (laughs) Uh, that about covers it actually for the Newcastle news this week so we're going to move on now just to finish off with just a bit of a preview of uh, Newcastle's match with uh, Chelsea that's on next Monday night at 8pm GMT now Newcastle we've not actually been too bad on the road this season our results have been roughly the same home and away um, at St James's Park we've had four wins two draws and six defeats on the road we've had three wins two draws and six defeats so you know uh, fairly comparable records however we do not have a great record against Chelsea Newcastle haven't got a point there at Stamford Bridge since May 2012 which was when Papi Cissé scored his incredible brace uh, but sadly not even a, a draw since then so especially with Chelsea having their new manager at the moment and that injection in the arm, four games, um, one draw, three wins, flying at the moment. I think it's going to be quite a tricky one. Only one goal conceded. Now, you're not exactly known for being the most scoring of sides and with Wilson potentially out for that match, it's going to be a tight one and with your defence as well with some holes in it at the moment. I mean, touch wood, if you push them, maybe. Surprise them, but... Yeah, I think I think it is going to be very difficult. Um, as you said, Chelsea, you know, in great form under Thomas Tuchel, they're fifth now. Another win or two on the board, and I don't think they, I don't think they're in the title conversation, but I think certainly, you know, they're not far off that chasing pack now, off Man United, off Leicester. As you say, you know, they've been strong at the back uh, since he took charge. Obviously, we all know how much firepower they've got. Of course, that they brought in over the summer. And, you know, we're going to be going there without our best defence and potentially without our best attacker. I think it is going to be very difficult. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it will still be entertaining no matter what, because I think, I mean, me personally, from a Leicester perspective, I was very disappointed from Leicester's game because I just don't feel like we actually played well enough. I wouldn't have really mattered about the result as such, but I feel like if if Newcastle can go out there and give it a good game... 
if you can draw positives from that, I think that's great going forward because you do have a rough lineup coming up. So I think if you can go there, put it forward, push Chelsea to the wall as much as you can, as long as you feel like the team has done as well as it can and it's an entertaining match, I don't think you can really complain too much. But yeah, I feel Chelsea might win this one. Yeah, I think, I mean, we've seen so many times, haven't we, under Steve Bruce, where Newcastle, you know, have, have gone up against a team and just completely sat back, been very passive, very defensive. And I don't think that that approach works that well under Steve Bruce. You know, we, we did get some joy playing defensively under Rafa, but I think we were a lot better organised under him. And I think, um, I mean, it could be dangerous, of course. Chelsea could hit, you know, Timo Werner could hit us on the break and punish us. But I feel like if we are going to get a result against Chelsea, I think uh, we probably are going to have to really go out there and actually just give it a go. Because otherwise, you know, you know, we, we, could, we could rock up, pile men behind the ball and just try and frustrate them. But ultimately, they'll still probably find a way through and win. So we might as well really try and give it a good go nick a goal and then maybe maybe you sit back yep can't win the raffle if you don't buy a ticket uh, yeah as Mark Lawrenson likes to say okay well that brings us to the end of our first episode of Magpies Unrestricted uh, join us next week uh, when we'll be dissecting a Newcastle trip to Chelsea hopefully with some more points in the bank if Newcastle get lucky uh, thank you very much for joining me Cara no problem thank you for having me uh, in the meantime, you can catch me on at CJSimpson9 if you want to reach out. And feel free to leave a comment uh, and a positive review of the podcast. That would be brilliant. Uh, otherwise, thank you very much. Yep, thank you, guys. Cheers. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.